HD 107.9 Life. James here with you back at Cabra, Dominican College, the pride of Cumberland Park. Woo! Is that a thing? Absolutely. Pride of Cumberland Park? I've never heard that. If it's a thing, wear it. Well, it's a thing now. Let's hope. Let's get it it trending, man. What's the hashtag going to be, though? Um, We're getting it trending. I don't know. Hashtag Pride of Cumberland. Yeah. Cumber Pride. No, no, no. <laughs> that sounds like it's like a Benedict Cumberbatch kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my yes, God, it, it does. does. Mm, if, you're, if you're proud of your Benedict Cumberbatch collection of films, you have Cumber Pride. <laughs> anyway, we'll have to think about this over the course mm-hmm. of the recording um, here at Cabra with Katie Panton again. Hey, mate, how are you going? I'm doing very well. Great to have you back here at your old stomping ground. It is always good to be here. And I, I don't mean old as in a really long time ago. Thank you. Just because you're about to turn 20 doesn't mean you're ah. old. <laughs> yeah, I'd prefer not to talk about it. It's a touchy topic in the moment. Okay, sorry. I don't know why I brought it up again. Um, Sam joins us for the first time. Hey, yo. How you going? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, for sure, man. It's great to have you here. Uh, and Keely for the first time as well. Hey, you going? Hi, I'm good. Tons of stuff to talk about. We've also got Matthew and Nick here today to chat about a whole bunch of different things. We are going to be chatting about um, this whole trend of film analysis. This is something you're very passionate about, Keely. Sort of like because yeah. film analysis used to be back in the day used to be all about kind of like newspaper and like magazine reviews, things that used to reviews. Mm. But now, really, YouTube reviews are really the thing, aren't they? Like they're yeah. massive and they're really big, and it also enables people to be able to talk for a lot longer about really niche stuff the amount of hours i burned up listening to and watching game of thrones analysis during the last season was not it wasn't even borderline healthy no it's like an obsession now just going on youtube it's so easily accessible just oh you just get into it yeah and what ones have you been checking out recently oh i've been really into um this one analysis is of uh uh, Gilmiro del Toro, I think. Oh, the director. Yeah, and he's been analysing the effects of the Spanish Civil War, actually, on his movies. And it's really oh. interesting to, like, see a historical effect on filmmaking. Wow. It's, like, That's insane. Cool. That is very cool. So we're going to be chatting all about that as well and kind of how you got interested in all of this as well because you, you kind of want to take this further, don't you? You kind of want to be oh, in that space. Definitely, yeah. So we'll be talking a little bit about that and maybe how, how you actually do it. Like, how is it done? I don't know. We'll check it all out. We'll be talking a lot about but uh, Sam is a really, really, I mean, you're a student of the theatre. Mm-hmm. You yeah. are essentially a walking inside the actor's studio. One could say such a thing. Yeah, like I've been acting for a very, very long time now. It's a really deep passion of mine. I feel that if it's something that I could go on to do in the future, that, that I'd be living the dream. But, you know, that's not always the easiest reality unfortunately no i mean acting yeah it's it's not the most um reliable of um careers to kind of head to. and mm. it's not like you can just sort of go and get a qualification in it and all of a sudden be great you've, you've got to develop like spend a lot of time developing skills there's a lot of luck in it it's it's pretty mm-hmm. tough but we're talking more about that and kind of what has driven you in that way um and also moving towards year 12 that's a big thing you guys are all doing you're in year 11 at the moment katie of course has been there you've done the whole year 12 I'm experience so old. I'm and been so out the the other end. I'm not. I wasn't trying to point out. That, no, that wasn't where I was going. <laughs> but <laughs> just to share, the, it's only just happened though for you, really. Yeah. Um. What? Like a year in. What were you class of 2017? 17. Yeah. Oh, so like two years. That's ago. yesterday. Oh it's yesterday. Ish. It is. It's only um. There's only been one graduating class since me, isn't it? Because 2019's not over exactly. yet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 
you know, you're so far from your midlife crisis. There's no need to really <laughs> worry about it at least for another two or three years. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> 23 or downhill from that. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely for sure. Uh, also, <laughs> this came up, um, D&D. Is there really a demigorgon in D&D? Now, we have keen fans of D&D here that can actually set this straight. So we'll be addressing that. Matthew joins us. Hey, Matthew. Hello. How you going? Um, all right. Excellent. Now, we were just having this little bit of chat off air about this idea, because you're all in year, you guys, except for Katie, you guys are all in year 11 at the moment, heading towards year 12. So this is a really big moment, really. Yeah. It is, because I mean, I remember that moment well. Kate, do you remember that moment, that getting ready to sort of like move into the final God, year? It was so long ago now. <laughs> I, re- I just remember being like really nervous. Like I was just kind of scared and like uncertain about what I was doing. And I don't know, it just felt like it came heaps quickly. Matthew, you were mentioning about this idea of moving into year 12 and you were saying that you are really looking forward to it. But not for the reasons that I would have expected this idea of like moving in and kind of completing everything and moving on with your life. You were mentioning other things. Yeah, so complete completing year 12 is pretty pretty nice once that's uh, done. But I think it's more the, the level of respect that you get from the teachers because in like the younger year levels, you're... You're, you're a little bit of a rat bag to the teachers, and <laughs> okay. as you as you get older, you realize, wow, I've I've done some not great things that I probably regret. But like what? I think, oh, I you can't just I say that. I don't move think on. I can, or I think, <laughs> oh my gosh, you put me on the spot here. Yeah. No, I like, sure I, did. I still hold a grudge against my year nine English teacher. For Why? Me a B in my um, creative piece. I okay. thought I was the bee's knees when it came to writing stories, but... And what did you do? What did you say? Well, I went up to her and I'm like, this grade isn't correct. I need you to change it, please. And she went, well, why do you think that? And I went, well, I've obviously shown off all of the techniques just fine. You just can't see it. So Really? Yeah. yeah. What happened? That, that's good. Didn't, didn't get changed. Grade did not get changed. You know, if I if I was, you know, I, that, that would have been a really great learning moment where your teacher could have said, okay, so you go away and you write me a piece on why you think the grade should be changed and then mark that. No, I know. That would have been Still so much be. better. Because Thanks, Matt. <laughs> that would have been so much better, though, because honestly, I would have, you know, highlighted my techniques, written that all out. Because you, you probably know? would have done it, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would have. You, you bet I'm going to write that. You I bet I'm going to show this and I'm going to show all those techniques. It's all right. She's my history now for, you know, ancient studies. We go out and find, so... Oh, so she's still your teacher right yeah, now. she doesn't remember for some reason. I bring it up every now and again. She's like, did you do that? I don't remember. And I'm like, that's good. <laughs> so you were talking, Matt, about that idea of relationships kind of like changing and evolving. I mean, what do you see as sort of like the fundamental difference between the relationships that you'd have with the teachers in the younger years and then what it looks like sort of like now and moving into year 12? Well, I think um, in, the, in the younger year levels, it's... A relationship of student and teacher whereas now it's more like it's more like we're friends really where you can talk to them about things other than than school like a one of my uh, English teachers we talk about um, different kinds of music quite a bit right yeah when we were in here before um, we were talking with Georgia Ronan and Bella about this as well and they were saying that there's a sense of you kind of you're all in it together a bit more does that sound yeah, sort of that- similar it's not just that kind of like, you know, I've got the knowledge and I'm passing it on to you and then you you show that off. There's a sense that you're kind of like all in that sort of learning environment and you're all benefiting from it. 
Definitely. I don't know, yeah. You were also talking a bit about this idea of the, um, uh, you saw a big difference at your uh, year 11 retreat, which uh, for people who don't go to like a Catholic school, can you explain what a retreat is first? So a retreat was um, where we all hop on a bus and uh, go down to a site um, as a year 11 cohort and do lots of different activities organized by the teachers, but they're put in a way where we can express ourselves and talk about our own um, life experiences. Uh, We had one uh, time where we had an item of possession, uh, sorry, an item of um, importance with us and uh, people were um, invited to come up and speak about uh, that item. And what did you have? I had um, a little stuffed turtle. Uh, (laughs) Did it have a name? Oh, God. It was very cute. It was called Shelly, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I I got it in Queensland with my family, and I believe that I found that, like, when I looked at that, I could think of my experiences with my family. And then I look at, like, all of the people in that place, like, all of the year 11s, my friends, and I think of them like my second family, pretty much. Yeah, wow. That's 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 really powerful. What was your impression of it, um, Keely, of the retreat? Um, I was actually the first one to go up when it came to the items of values. What did you was, have? Oh, it was very nerve-wracking. I had a big stuffed tiger going with the soft toy I'm, theme. I'm seeing a theme yeah, develop. Yeah. There, there were a lot of soft toys. Yeah, there were, but that's fine. Um, and it was just really significant for me and I think a couple of other people, including the teachers, because I just got up there and sort of bed at all just sort of straight out said what I was thinking and I hadn't realized it but by sharing my story and my experiences I met a couple of other people who had similar experiences who I never thought to talk to before and after that I had a lot of people coming up to me afterwards going oh well done you did so well for going up and stuff and it was just that moment where I realized you know Everyone in this year level really is here to support each other. We're not here to, you know, trip each other up when it comes to subjects. We're here for support. And I think Matt definitely was one of those people who reassured that with his message as well. So it was really awesome, I think, to know that if I need something uh, or if I want to just talk to anyone, it can be anyone in my year level, not just my friendship group. Oh, that's awesome. I think as well, like, I remember year 11 retreat and I think it's like a really good step forward towards year 12 because... I feel like year 12 for me is when my year level like really bonded as a cohort. Like there were so many activities and I think retreats are really a big part of that that really like bond the year level closer. I think year 11 retreats like a really good foundation to that because it's like the first time you're kind of like invited into this like sharing space to be like not necessarily vulnerable but I guess like more open and accessible to like every all of your peers and I think like for me that's like one of the biggest memories of year 12 is kind of feeling much closer and united as a year level than I'd ever felt. Uh, We got lots more stuff coming up we're going to be talking about drama and media and film analysis and YouTube YouTube reviewing and all that sort of fun stuff. Also, is there a demigorgon in D&D? Big question. Stranger Things fanatic over here. And I think I've got some around the table as well. Yes, good. Um, we need to find out about that. We've also got some like, you guys are also big D&D people, so we can get this one sorted out for sure. We've also got music from Lewis Capaldi and Kygo. But right now, this is Big Daddy Weave. You're listening to Arch D 1079 Life. 
That's Lewis Capaldi. You're listening to Arch D 1079 Life. Kygo, Whitney Houston, and Gus and Iggy on the way very shortly. Nick joins us. Hey, you going, man? Hey, man. Good. Yeah. Good. We were just having a bit of a chat a second ago around for you and Sam. Hey, hey, Sam. How you going? I'm doing good. Fantastic. So drama studies and media studies for both of you is a really big thing. Now, what you were saying though, Nick, as as both someone who's kind of involved in drama and media, you were talking about kind of the relationship that exists between the two. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I feel that with drama and with your acting, um, it can go hand in hand with media arts and media studies in terms of designing films, maybe critiquing someone else's acting because you do a lot of film analysis in it yeah. and you do make a lot of films and being able to grasp knowledge from a different topic like drama definitely helps and vice versa yeah. as well. So what do you think is the most kind of important thing that you've learned about like making films from also having the skills of knowing how to act? I would say understanding the character and his backstory because knowing the backstory of a character, you can make a lot more subtle movements within when you're playing that character. Sure. You can make yeah. the character a lot more true to his background, to his objectives, and tell a better tale, really. Yeah, right. So it's kind of like um, there's a like a drama technique that I remember, and I don't know if you still do it, but it's called hot seating. Do you still do that? Ah, uh, yes. Hot Which seating. is where, explain what that is, Sam. Uh, well, if we're talking about the same thing, it'd be where you are like portraying a character, even though you're not actually like doing the, you know, the piece of whatever you're meant to be yep. doing for the show or the um, film or whatever it is. And you're literally just sitting on a seat by yourself in front of an audience and they just ask you questions and you have to answer those questions as the character. So if they ask something about your backstory, you have to answer um, how that character would answer. And even if there's like, um, even if it doesn't say in the specific um, written text, those details, if it doesn't give them to you, you basically have to piece it together and create it yourself just to make that character more more you. Mm. Yeah. And so you're saying that's exactly was my memory of it too. Mm. So um in I guess in then making films you like you're also aware of needing that character development on film. Exactly. Yeah. It's and I guess that's something that if you weren't an actor, you probably wouldn't see the the necessity of doing that. You go, well what yeah. just moving the story along, you know, rather than actually looking at how the character is kind of developed. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So how about for you, um, Sam, what's your relate do you think the relationship between media studies and drama for you? What's kind of the most crucial thing? Maybe what media studies informs in your acting then? Uh, in my acting media studies well just the whole relationship that um, an actor can have between you know themselves and say a camera or a microphone is um, there's obviously there's a big distinction between whether you're stage acting or screen acting Um, what's the biggest difference between the two of those uh, generally like the pacing and the way that you um, feel yourself as the character because you know once um, once the pacing yeah, what do like, you mean by pacing? Like once the scenes run and then, you know, the director calls cut, yeah, yeah. you can, everything's dropped and then you, you know, you'll reset over to um, just do the same scene again. I've done acting like not my whole life, not literally my whole life, but um, for long enough that it's something that I really, really enjoy. And that when I'm did you start? Really, really passionate about. Uh, I think I might have done theatre bugs ages and ages ago, but I can hardly remember <laughs> Theatre bugs. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Which, start, no. which is, well, I guess the important thing is that starts from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Whereas, um, when I first got into like 
um, my first ever proper like drama class things. I think it was in like 2011 or something, but I later moved out of that one until I discovered um, South Australian youth arts, which I'm very much a big part of. And um, I like, I feel really at home there. In, I believe it was around this time last year, September 2018, we had a, we had a showcase. And uh, it turns out that in the audience, there was AMR, an agent, a scout for um, the Heesome Casting Agency. Mm-hmm. And she had noticed me and several other actors. She comes up to me and she says, um, how would you like to come over to the agency and we can work out maybe, I don't know, an audition or something for a major Australian TV show. And I'm like, right? Heck, this is this is crazy. This is. Incredible. Did you think like ugh, not casting aspersions on your acting talent? Because I'm sure you're fantastic. But that it sounds moments like that happen. You kind of go, is this for real? I it was major Australian TV show. Okay, it was absolutely like that. They were like, yeah, it's going to be on SBS sometime in 2019. I'm like, what? That's nuts. And um, so yeah. Um, as as we went on, I went up there. Um, we did lots of different um, sort of, you know, exercises to get ourselves really, you know, knowing the the text and stuff to see uh-huh. who would be good. And there's sort of a process of elimination. Like, you know, that person, we won't ask for a final audition. That we won't. I luckily did get a final audition, although... Yeah. What was the show? Um, the show was The Hunting. I was about to we, say, because that's uh, yeah, a yeah. major thing on SBS and you'd be mm-hmm. at that sort of age as a it, sort of like a senior it, high schooler. It was, yeah. Um, I was... I eventually did make it into the show as more of like an extra kind of person. Oh, so you're in it? I am, yeah. You can see me on screen there. What? what which episode are you in? Uh, all four. Oh, nice. mm, yeah. I just sort of, you know, in the background, I'm a student. There, there was a the main character in the show who is um, an Indian girl called Amandip. Is yeah, played yeah. by um, Kavitha. She is incredible. She's absolutely incredible with her acting skills, and she basically got the main role and she's in the same class that I go to every Wednesday night. Wow, how's that? I know, it's crazy. That's nuts. Okay. That's cool. So, all right. Well, that's that's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. So, what what now for you then? What what comes next? Um, hopefully more stuff like that. Now that um, South Australian Youth Arts or Sayouts for short, we've been put on the map by lots of casting agencies given that the lead role of this TV show learnt all of her... She got all of her expertise through this um, one theatre company. Here with Sam and Keely and Nick. Hey, how you going? Yeah, good. Yeah, great. Back here at Cabra Dominican College, having a wonderful day with the crew down here, talking a little bit, uh, Keely, about this whole thing of film analysis. This is a thing um, that has kind of replaced, I guess, what is the uh, traditional thing of what used to be um, like reviews in like magazines and newspapers. I mean, that was where people went to to find out information about, oh, you know, I wonder if this film is playing and should I go and see it? How many stars has it got? That kind of thing. Now, like literally the floodgates have completely opened. Like people can comment on anything. They can make videos about anything. Yeah. So what was it that was kind of first attracted you to this whole thing around film analysis? Was there was there a specific video or a specific thing that kind of caught your interest? Uh, I think it was a specific channel um, on YouTube and she was just going about some of the Disney films I liked and it was really interesting to and see And who is her. this person? Um, her name's Lindsay Ellis. She recently also did a really big documentary about the Hobbit films and why they failed um, mm-hmm. as films, which is really interesting. Did you go and see all of them? Yes, I did. And I was quite disappointed. Yeah, me too. Um, because I read yeah. the books beforehand and I was like, 
It, it's not that that didn't happen. It's just, oh, it's not pulled off well. Look, all. it's really terrible. And I, I got really upset. I went and saw the first Hobbit film at the cinema yep. oh, yeah. and I left very, very upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of the beginning, I think, was that sort of around about the time of the first? No, the first Star Wars prequel was way before that. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember leaving that and going, this is why I now have to start watching films on my own. I have to go to films on yeah. my own, especially once I'm yeah. in, emotionally invested in. Like when Mortal Engines came out recently at the cinema, I had to make a huge point of going on my own because I was thinking, if I'm disappointed, I'm not going to want have anyone around me. If anyone comes yeah. with me and I drive them and they say, I really liked it, I'll have to say, I'm leaving you here oh. <laughs> because oh. I can't be in the same space as you. And it just so happened I was crushed by the Mortal Engines. But again, and that's Peter Jackson again. Yeah. Yeah. How he Thanks, did Peter. Lord of the Rings <laughs> so well. Masterpieces. Masterpieces, exactly. which I still no. go back and rewatch once a year. Yeah. But the Same. Hobbit, what was the marathon. Hobbit? Honestly. I know. Uh, I think that's the thing, though, um, with these film analysis. Lindsay Ellis, who did the reviews of it, actually explained it really well, talking about how, because at the very end of the first Hobbit, we didn't have a good climax. We didn't yeah. end it at a what, good they point. they stare off at the mountain. Yeah, it just, it. it wasn't a good point to stop it. And she talks about all these cinematic techniques about how, you know, it should have been stopped here and it should have been a two-movie series because drawing it out to three just isn't yeah. good creatively. It's a short book. It's it not is. Big and then the whole five armies. Where were they in the book? Where was that massive? Uh, Apparently, the eagles are an army now. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. This is something that you actually are interested in, kind of doing yourself. Actually, doing these kinds of of videos. Yeah, definitely. Have you done any already? No, I've been trying to plan some out. So I I reckon I wrote a script for myself about (laughs) how much I didn't like Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and it was. (gasps) I haven't seen. Ah, sorry. (laughs) And I was just. I just okay no keep going I'll, um, I'll just I'll just breathe over here keep going and, and, and for me it was interesting to be able to flesh out things like talking about how the characters were unmemorable and how it was only because and it was only because of the hype that the movie did well and it was such an insignificant plot point that didn't need to be taken up and it doesn't even matter because everyone dies in the end and I'm not emotionally oh. invested in them That's you're listening to RGD 107.9 Life Marshmallow Kane Brown Avril Lavigne on the way very shortly Matthew Matthew rejoins us. How are you going, man? I'm all right. Okay. The big question. We've been burning to ask this question. I've been burning to ask this question, being just a massive Stranger Things nut to the nth degree. Is there such a thing as a demigorgon in Dungeons & Dragons standard? From what I know, no. (laughs) What? What? So what are they referring to in the show? Because... I mean, how does it work? So, Eleven's like... uh, No, no, they refer to it in the gameplay before Eleven comes along. In in the start of the uh, the show, they are playing D&D. Yeah. And um, the Demogorgon is the beast that they're fighting. That's, from what I know, that's not in the standard game, but then they did create a pack for it afterwards, which made the Demogorgon into a um, playable, well, actually a fightable enemy. So, okay. Yeah, so cool. while it's not in like the standard game, you can do homebrews in Dungeons and Dragons where you can add your mm. own creatures. So it's likely that that's what they did there. Yeah. So when you say so, when they show the figure of the demigorgon that they use in the the thing, they they, they put it there, and it's kind of like looks like a sort of like a three headed hydra thing. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of those kind of things in D and D. So that's then, is it did they just maybe use that and just call it the demigorgon? Yeah, I think or they it could did. have been um, specially made for um, the the, 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 show. the show itself, right? Yeah, most of the props were made for that show. Were they? So. But back in the day, like back in the day when we had D and D kits, back in the day, like I only ever played a couple of 
games of that. I should probably... I don't know if I... I only played a couple of games of like D&D and also then a couple of games of like the Star Wars D&D. There's like... It was oh, like a role-playing yeah, Star Wars. That, yeah. um, um, but I remember like there wasn't custom stuff then. Like it was pretty standard stuff. I think it's only been um, since like the last like 10-ish or maybe longer years since people have started to branch out and actually make their own content for D&D because it's a quite like intricate game for um, what it is because there's a lot of very small parameters that you need to um, fiddle with to, to make sure that your like either your enemy or your character is balanced um, and is actually fun to fight and things right. like that. Yeah. I yeah. think though the homebrew element's really excellent. In the modding game, there's a race you can play of characters that are like giant humanoid cats. Um, so the story goes, I was playing a literal cat, not the humanoid race, an actual cat in the game, which could transform into a human as part of the game. Cool. Um, and it was very funny because we were going through the game, walking around, and next thing you know, this floodgate comes in and the DM's like, oh, Everyone starts. Uh, DM Dungeon Master. Yeah, Dungeon Master. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, and our DM's like, oh, it's just up to your knees. No one should be fine. And I'm like, oh, um, I think I might be drowning. And he's like, why? You're really tall. You're this other character. I'm like, I'm an actual cat. And he's like, excuse me, you're a real cat. And I'm like, I think that's because yeah. you didn't uh, clarify that. No, earlier. but it was still funny. Do you think like was your impression of what you thought DVD was uh, DVD <laughs> DND what what it was before you played it? Did you have a different impression of it before you you played it for the first time i actually saw stranger things before i started playing Are you kidding me? no no um so when i first saw it i was like um i'd heard stories from my dad who played it that's probably where i get my nerd from yeah. um but <laughs> i'd seen stranger things and i thought it was just this very serious very oh you have to role play and get straight into the game but uh upon playing it i found out that definitely wasn't the case it's a lot more of a relaxed environment depending on the group you're listening to rhd 1079 life sam you have some information for us indeed i do and much to matt's dismay (laughs) it turns out that the demogorgon has been a character of official dungeons and dragons since 1976 we are officially nerding out i repeat officially nerding out right now people It's really interesting. Is that a nerd out siren? Around since the Middle Ages. So Mm. it's like from pagan mythology. I was just, when you said that, it made me think, have people been playing the Demogorgon in D&D since the Middle Ages? No, Demogorgon. They're sitting around by candlelight going, I really hope the Black Plague doesn't get us. By the way, where's that 20-sided dice? Um, guys, by the way, it's um, it's not the Demogorgon. It's just Demogorgon. That's his name. So get it right. Yeah. Well, you can't just put on a nerd voice now, pretending that we haven't just been nerdy this whole time. I wasn't a part of that conversation. All right, give me a break. Uh, <laughs> well, um, my life is now in shambles, and I must leave shambles, the country, and I must leave the country before. They get me. Really? <laughs> for, for giving They'll take away your facts. what? Your dungeon master license. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is that even a thing? That's probably a thing, isn't it? It could be. It could be. Chances are. Anyway, it's been fun, guys. Um, Keely, Sam, Matthew, Nick, and Katie Panton. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's been awesome fun. Uh, we are here every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. Stay tuned to 107.9 Life for more of your music. And please come and check out our podcast version of this show. Uh, the last show we did here at Cabra is also there. Um, you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And we will see you again in a couple of days. Bye. Bye. Bye.
That's a wrap.